and gentlemen, we're back talking some football. It's Aaron Nagler from Cheesehead TV and Andy Herman from basically everywhere else that covers the Packers. Andy, it's good to have you back, buddy. Hey, it's good to be back chatting again. I know we missed last week. Of course, it's actually a victory Monday to chat and we don't get to do it because I mean, I, I blame play, you, dude. I blame you. That's all it's, I know. It is my fault. <laughs> well, we do now have two games to talk about or at least one game to talk about in the sense that the one that was the latest that mattered the most and the Packers pissed that one away. I think the most frustrating aspect of that game is how winnable it was. Like you go back and you watch it, which I've done several times now, and it, it, that's a winnable football game. And the Packers, for whatever reason, just refused to grab the bull by the horn, so to speak. And I know there's a lot of kind of angst and uh, derision coming Joe Barry's way after that game, which I understand and we'll get to, but it's just another example to me how the offense refuses to lean into what their identity should be and who they should be. And I understand it's frustrating. I understand you're not getting a whole lot done on the ground, but I mean, you looked at Tennessee and that's a team that was committed to their identity, committed to their personnel and using them as they are best utilized. And again, the Packers just, for whatever reason, needing to, and I'm stressing needing to, run this offense through their quarterback rather than Aaron Jones is just baffling to me. Yeah, I was uh, I was wondering where you're going to go with in most disappointing aspects because I'm sure there's a billion different things we could have pointed to as well, but that's definitely one of them. And I think the thing that just seems so out of touch is everyone to a T this offseason, everyone that covered the team, every fan, everyone – said, okay, Devontae Adams is gone. You went out and got, a, you know, you rebuilt your defense, bringing back guys like Devondre Campbell, Razul Douglas. You go out and get a Devontae Wyatt. You get a Quay Walker in the first round of the draft. Clearly, your biggest playmaker on offense is Aaron Jones. You've, you know, provided depth at that position by going and getting A.J. Dillon. Your offensive line is going to be a little bit unsettled to start the season with Bakhtiari and Jenkins coming back from injury. You don't know what you have at receiver. You've supported your defense in a million different ways. Clearly, 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 this is going to be more of a ball control offense. You are going to play complementary football. You are not going to put your defense in poor positions, and you're going to let your defense do some of the heavy lifting. And then once in a while, when Aaron needs to go make some magic happen late in the game, if you're down or if it's a third and long or something like that, by all means, go make magic happen. That sounds fantastic. But to not see that brand of football until the Dallas Cowboys game where you finally see it and even missing Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes and some key players and even not playing your best game on defense, that brand of football works against what we saw yesterday or this weekend mm -hmm. against the Vikings is a very good football team. That good brand team of football yep. worked mm -hmm. against the Cowboys and you picked up a win when you needed it most. And then you get to the Titans and you don't see that same football team show up. You don't see that same style of play show up. And I get, as you mentioned, it's not going to be easy to run on the Titans. And you even mentioned prior to the game, like, hey, if they get away from it a little bit, I understand it because, you know, this is a tough team to run on. But, man, like, you still have to have a, a base semblance of what you want to try to accomplish on offense and just have a, a team complementary football. And we've seen that one game all season. It worked. And then you got away from it the very next game four days later. And I appreciate it's a short week, right? You don't get true practices. You get walkthroughs only. But, man, it, it, to me, you you work on what or you should be working on. You should be leaning on uh, your bread and butter. And I don't think the Packers have a bread and butter outside of, you know, 
Aaron Rodgers distributing the football. I think that's been their MO for so long. They've kind of sunk into it in a way but with Matt and Aaron where they don't, not that they don't know how, because we did see them do it, as you mentioned, against the Cowboys. But um, you, what's so kind of baffling to me, you look at kind of the, some of the sequences, right? When they they get the fourth down stop deep in their own end, right? Yeah. And so now you're going to have an A.J. Dillon drive. I guess that's the call. I mean, we have A.J. Dillon back there. Okay. If I see another A.J. Dillon run out of shotgun, I'm going to – I'm little ton, my little Packer man, is going to be decapitated because I can't – What do what your players – put them in a position to succeed. And that is just not his – like every time they try – they then they do it twice. And they go to third down and they miss the throw and then they're off and they're, they're punted and they've wasted this great stop from the defense. And it's like, you can point to any number of issues throughout the evening where it's kind of the same, like leaning into things that they don't do well. Um, you get a, you get an interception from Razul Douglas and the first play off of that, you go bomb on to Christian Watson. And look, I love going deep. I'm all for it. God bless you. If you can, you know, like you find a perfect matchup and you blah, 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 I'm all for it. But when it's you're down 10 points in the second half and you've got to get into the back into the game. You and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It always feels like Matt and Aaron just get so panicky and they have to get it all back. Got to get it all back right away. And what happens? They go incomplete. Two more plays and they're punting. It's just, again, this whole game is littered with lost opportunities on the offensive side of the ball by a team and a staff that just flat out just refuses to take what the defense is giving them. I just, it's fourth and three. Rodgers chucks it up the left sideline, incomplete to Lazard, rather than there's work to Tunyon on the right side. It just, again and again, this team makes it harder on themselves than they should. The only thing I disagree with is it's not a game full of that. It's a season full of that, right? Like, <laughs> right. It's, you know, it, it's True. been the whole season of that. And it, what, what's coaching if not being tasked with putting your players in the position, the best position to succeed with finding ways to make maybe players who are struggling a little bit to get them in a situation where they can, you know, get a layup here or there. If, if, if not by putting your players in positions where they feel comfortable and confident. And we opened up with a season of Razul Douglas in the slot that was not comfortable or confident made, never made any sense. We opened up with a season of Jair Alexander. Um, and, and, and you mentioned it again this week of, you know, you've got the highest paid, you know, cover man. It was one of the, the better cover corners in the NFL when you would let him actually play cover corner. I know he struggled a bit this season, but like part of it is because he's not playing the brand of football that he's best at playing. You're not putting him in a position to succeed like you can go over and over and over in different players in different spots this season that have just not been put in their best position to succeed. And it's, it's just, it's, it's painful to watch at times because again, what, what is coaching if, if not that And Ben Fennell pointed it out this week as well. Like if how many more times are we going to see 11 personnel, three guys wide ISO routes, no it motion, no movement. My mind. You, if, if you, and again, I, I mentioned it, I think after the Lions game, but like, if that doesn't work against the Lions, the worst secondary that we've seen this year, last year, the previous year, if that, if that ISO ball didn't work against that team, it's never going to work. And to see that again against the Titans in some key situations is just mind blowingly numb and frustrating. And again, it's the same mistakes over and over. And that's, that's really what's so disconcerting about this season. Well, it all comes back in my mind to the quarterback 
and I don't think that's a, a, a mystery, right? The sense that they paid Aaron Rodgers what they paid him. And he is your four-time MVP. And they have decided, in their infinite wisdom, that the offense begins and ends with their quarterback. Now, obviously, no one foresaw the dude breaking his thumb. And that has certainly been an issue. You can absolutely tell on some of these missed throws that the thumb is bothering him. Yep. And I get that. But if how you don't pivot after he breaks his thumb, he broke his thumb and you're still refusing to change the style of football. Like what just throw, just forfeit, just punt on third down. Like, what are you doing? I don't understand the desire. I mean, cause it's clear. I mean, everything flows off of it. Everything flows off of it. And I'm not talking just on offense. I'm talking about through the franchise that you made Aaron Rodgers, you gave him this contract, and now it all comes down to him having to make a play, and he's throwing it to a blade of grass on third down rather than to Sammy Watkins. I mean, at what point do you – I guess at no point. I mean, that's what has become abundantly clear. At no point is this staff or this head coach going to say, you know what, I don't think the quarterback is the best route to a win. I think our running game, our running backs, that's the way – it it's got to go. I mean, we saw a glimmer of it against the Cowboys. I think we'll probably never see it again. Or at minimum, if you need to come to some sort of compromise, okay, if, if we're not going to run everything through Aaron Jones, can we at least run Matt LaFleur's offense a little bit more? Can we at least right. play a little bit more under center, a little bit more rollout, a little bit more like trying to get some of those layups that were there for Aaron in 2020 that is just such a beautiful brand of football to watch where even when they didn't have Devontae Adams that we talked about all offseason, yeah, 7-0 and without Devontae Adams. You don't want to know why? Because they ran a sophisticated offense that baked in plays that were going to be able to balance off of each other throughout the course of the game. And like defenses didn't know what was going to hit him at any given time. Like, yeah, Devontae Adams is a huge cheat code and being able to throw to him on any given play is certainly helpful, but that wasn't why 2020 was so successful. It was everyone playing together and, and actually running an offense. And I mentioned it on um, my first podcast back from the, the injury report this week uh, or the injured list this week of like, Matt, is this, is this your offense? Because if this is your offense, it sucks. But right. if it's not your offense, because I don't think it is, because this doesn't look like anything like Kyle Shanahan's offense. It doesn't look anything like Sean McVay's offense. It doesn't look like anything like you run the first run two in, years you were in the building. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't look anything like that. So if it's not, why is it not? And like, are, were you not ta- brought in specifically I'm when gonna, Mark Murphy brought in? Here's a, here's a spoiler alert. It's because of the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Right. But when Mark Murphy got brought in. He did not mince words. He said well, what, some, something to the effect of like, we need to fix the, the quarterback or if like fix the offense. And like, this is why Matt LaFleur was brought in was to build an offense that was going to get Aaron Rodgers back to MVP form. And guess what? It did. And it worked beautifully. And then I, for whatever reason, the, the 20, like in 2019, when LaFleur first came in 2019, 20, yeah, 2019, right. Yep. I gave him, so much credit. I still give him so much credit to this day of not just coming in and pulling a Josh McDaniels and being like, this, this is, is my yeah. offense. Yep. This is my house. Now you run what I want to run because right. him and Rogers would have collided and there would have been a disaster of epic proportions. If that would have been the case, how he was able to meet Aaron in the middle of that first season and then get Aaron to buy in in 2020 was in my opinion, beautifully done. But how we're now in 2022 and looking more like 2017, 2018. Dude, it looks like McCarthy never left. Seriously. More often than not. It's crazy. I don't yeah. get it. I don't get it. And I to, don't to, 
to your point, like that that static spread. And I understand, and Dusty's actually done a, ro- a lot of really good work on this. Like what what Rogers wants is a, a picture, right? A pre-snap picture, and he wants to know what the coverage is going to be, and that's what that gives him. Yep. You know, that gives him a what's the matchup who's doing what, like, what is the shell and everything. And then post snap, what the route combinations are and where the, where the matchup should be. But that's great that that's what you want, but there's no universe. I know I'm talking all the multiverses where this group of pass catchers is best suited for that approach. Yep. And that's what boggles my mind. And that's why, well, Aaron wants to play quarterback. Great. You know how you can best play quarterback? and throw for a bunch of touchdowns and a high quarterback rating like you approached it against Dallas, where you have the fewest attempts of the season. And trust me, even post-game, and that go back and watch his post-game presser, he's even lamenting the fact that he didn't get to throw it as much as he wants. And to, that's it. To me, that's it. No one, like, it's so hard to get, like, anybody to ask him this question directly at his locker, but it's like, this is it. It's the whole crux of the issue to me. And I got like, they keep like going down this path every week. Uh, it's just supremely frustrating from the outside. It, it would have been one thing too. Like this all would have made sense to me if they went all in on Matt LaFleur's offense in 2020 and it didn't work. Like right. I could easily right. see Rogers right. being like, like, you know what? Hey, if, right. if that's not going to work, we, we need to get back to the stuff that I like. That I'm and, comfortable with. Right. And I, even, even to some extent too, like even if at some point this season, Rogers like, listen, we don't have the receivers that are precise enough to do some of this stuff. Just let me do the heavy lifting. And Matt says, you know what? Okay. For a couple weeks, you can do what you want. You can run your offense. You can, you like, by right. all means, give it a shot. But like there is by far and away, enough on tape now to show like this guy just doesn't work. It, like it's not even remotely close to working. So like try something else. And again, there's, there's so many disappointing, frustrating things about this season. That's just another one on the list. So we've, we've, we've bashed the quarterback enough. I've got that out of my system. Let's, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball and we can bash on the defensive coordinator for a while because Ooh. look, I look, they sold out to stop Derrick Henry and they, for the most part were successful somewhat like i i know like he averaged 3.1 yards per carry longest run of nine yards like he was held under 100 yards that's all well and good but he still he meaning derrick henry put them in positions where they were able to play the brand of football they want to play they lived ahead of the sticks the entire almost the entirety of the game because of henry and so yeah no he didn't bust off any big huge runs but he certainly allowed them to play the brand of football they wanted to play and for what for whatever kudos they get for stopping derrick henry as 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 they did they lose all credit for how they played on the back end i the the frustrations are ample i mean there are two monster things right the to me not allowing your guys to compete at the line of scrimmage like this continuous third down open door policy Will n- will never make sense to me. You, you like I was just talking. You were just mentioning. You pay Jair Alexander a fucking ransom, and then have him play ten yards off on third and three. You know, though the that's a huge frustration. But then you flip it to the rest of the secondary. The communication issues that were there in week one are still there in week eleven. That's coaching. 
that's coaching. Whatever your system is, whatever you've put in place to tell guys, okay, this is how we're going to operate. This is your job as far as like, okay, if there's a stack and guys break one way or the other, this is how you divvy it up and blah, blah, blah. Whatever that is, whatever you're talking about during the week in the classroom, it is not translating to the football field after 11 weeks. I mean, that's an indictment on the staff to me. Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins are wondering why the Packers can't communicate better on the secondary. Wow. What a <laughs> um, pull. What a yeah, pull. I know, right? But uh yeah, like and again, it's it's in week one, you see it and you're like, all right, that's frustrating. But man, like some that stuff's gonna get worked out. It's a veteran defensive backfield. It shouldn't have happened in the first place, but like it's a long season. You can iron some of those things out. And then for it to be worse in week eleven, and again, it's not like we are chock full of undrafted, you know, rookies <laughs> nope. in the defensive backfield. Nope. Nope. This is veterans and guys like Savage and Amos have been playing together for what, four years now. Jair Alexander has been a part of that. You know, Razul Douglas, veteran, Rudy Ford, veteran, Keyshawn Nixon, veteran. Like this is not a, a group of even, you know, Eric Stokes, when he second year guy, but like first round pick, you're expecting these things to not be an issue. And again, when it's a bigger issue in week 11, even when it was week one, when it was a disaster week one. Yeah. That's, that's an indictment. And going back to Derrick Henry, it's like, there's always like the old, you know, if, if you can get three yards in every play, you're never going to be stopped. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're, you know, the, nobody's ever going to do that. But like, right. this is like the epitome of like yeah. three yards, three yards, three yards, three yards, fourth and one, three, dust, yards, baby. three yards, three yards, three yards. Just, and then, all right, it's like fourth and four. All right. Four yards. Like it just, they just took everything that they wanted all day long. And yet, you know, credit for holding to three yards per carry, but it was like legitimately three yards, every single carry, even when it was, you know, third and three, fourth and one. And, um, yeah, going back to your point about the playing in the off coverage, there, obviously you know, and again, it's never perfect, but I go through every play and every game and, and, and grade the players, but there's multiple plays on, on third down where they give up a first down completion and you, you want to be able to like, you know, mark somebody down as like doing something wrong. And there's nobody to mark down for doing anything wrong because like it, the, it's a delayed blitz and guys are playing seven yards off the ball and the you know tight end or receiver turns around uh, at the five yard mark, the four yard mark, and Tannehill just tosses it to him. There's no defender in position, not due to the defender, not not the defender. Yeah, right, right. There's nobody yeah. in position to be able to stop that. That's that's not on the player. That that's simply like not putting your guys in a position to stop the play. And every once, like, listen, I get you have to throw a curveball every once in a while, and or maybe you thought like. Hey, we, we have good intel and in what we've seen in the numbers in the past that on this specific situation, Tennessee likes to go deep. They don't, they don't, you know, or something like that. Right. Like I get, you need to change it, but time after time, after time, you're seeing these easy completions on third and short. And it's just like, you're, you're not doing your team any service by doing that. Well, that's what is the most frustrating to me. And that's why I talk about like refusing to let them compete. Like you've got these guys, veterans, talented dudes, let them compete. I mean, flip it around. Look at that completion from Rogers to Lazard up the right sideline. And it takes every, I mean, there's a perfect, like perfect coverage. And it's still a completion because Rogers has a absolute laser ball, like dropped in perfectly. Great catch from Lazard, but they had to work so hard to get it. Yep. As opposed to the Titans who legit just run to the sticks, run an out route, easy first down. Like, refuse how they don't let their guys compete at the line of scrimmage. Yes. Are you going to get beat sometimes? No doubt about it. It's going to happen. The league's way too offensive centric and set up for the offense rules wise, everything. I understand that, but to flat out, just continually to your point again and again and again, not allow them to compete at the line of scrimmage. 
I, it's that is to me the number one frustration. I and, can't I can't express how and I was probably more frustrated going back and watching it like after I knew the outcome. Because like in the game, you're like, oh, that's so frustrating, blah, blah, blah. But then afterwards, you're like, oh, it's never as bad as it feels like in the moment. It was worse. Yeah. It was worse because it was so blazingly obvious and there was never any true adjustment to it. And at some point, like, man, let your guys go down swinging with what they do best. Yes, exactly. You're out thinking yourself by like being like, well, we got like, do you know how many teams have played press man cover uh, cover one against the Packers this season over and over and over? Do you think any other team is like, I, we, we got to throw in a cover three here. We just had 12 straight right. plays of, co- of man right. press coverage, cover one that's worked great, but like they might be on to us better. Yeah. Like, no, they're doing it over and over because Green Bay hasn't been able to do anything against it. And guess what? Every once in a while, Christian Watson's going to beat you deep. It's going to happen. And right. against the Cowboys, it happened on a couple of occasions. And you know what? It might even cost you a game. That, that Traylon Burks play at the end, right before the two-minute warning, if that was what was happening all game long, if, if Jair Alexander right. in press man coverage against Traylon Burks gets beat on a gorgeous ball by Ryan Tannehill to a rookie receiver in man-to-man coverage and your guy got beat, by all means, tip of the cap, Tennessee Titans. If that's how we're going to go down, no problem at all. We can go down that way. But yep. these seven-yard completions where there's nobody in coverage, uh, no, it's just it can't work that way. And then you get to special teams, and we still can't hit an extra point. So, And then, uh, I mean – like be that whatever it is. I like, I'm not even surprised anymore. Like I, I think special teams at this point, like extra points have become a bonus point. Like if they get them great, I don't expect it though. Uh, but what I do wish and would hope to be some kind of adjustment to is, I mean, if you're going to let, if you're going to make Mason Crosby kick it, at least let him kick it to the five yard line. I mean, this, this up kicks that get returned almost to the 40. I mean, just kick it out of bounds. I guess we're going to give it to the ball to them on the 40. I mean, you have Ahmed right on the practice squad. Just bring him up and let him boom one. I mean, that that's what, that that is another point. Like talk about complimentary football. Crosby kicks it to the 10. They get a return to the 40. Three <laughs> plays later, they're in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, this is all easy shit, hidden yardage that you are giving them, just bequeathing the Titans. That It's just, it this I'm just broken, Andy. I'm a broken man. <laughs> it's it's hard because um you have a kicker that can't kick, uh, you have a long snapper who can't snap, you don't have any semblance of a returner, and that's on the GM, right? Yep. You had a special teams coach that stuck with Amari Rogers for way too long, Me. partially because you gave him no other option Viable as a returner option. for the right. most part. Right. And you, at the same token, you pay Rich Passaccia, the highest, I think the highest paid special teams contract in football, bring in his assistants, his two guys, you bring in two assistants for him. Yep. You bring in Dallin Levitt, Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Abram, his guys from the Raiders. You give him a Rudy Ford, um, Isaiah McDuffie, solid special teams player. You give him some other guys as well. And it's the same thing. Like you. How you, is that possible? You were a shitty Applebee's forever because you, <laughs> you had shitty ingredients and a shitty chef. And then finally you go out and you get a better chef and you actually get that chef some decent ingredients. You're still missing like the, the, the high end items. We're not even pretending that we're going to be an actually good established restaurant. We're just trying to be a good Applebee's and right. we are still a shitty ass. We're Applebee's. still causing people so diarrhea. Funny. I mean, uh, Ryan Longwell was smart to get out. That's all. Sorry I mean. to Applebee's. 
Good Lord. It's an insult to Applebee's at this point. You know, at this point, you can send your letters to Andy. I, Applebee's is a fine establishment. Yeah. All right, Andy. Well, as always, very therapeutic. I really appreciate the time. Uh, looking ahead to the game against the Eagles. The Eagles looking a little mortal these last two weeks. So I'm sure that the Packers will, will come and give their all and we'll have a glimmer of hope probably in the first half. And then I fully expect us to squander it in the second half. What, how do you see it playing out? <laughs> you have a team that's looking semi-mortal versus a team that's mortally wounded. It's <laughs> <laughs> the two different options here. Like, oh, I think, boy. I think that's the difference. I, I do think yeah. they have shown their vulnerability these past couple of weeks. And guess what, Aaron, that vulnerability is that they cannot stop the run very well. There's a well, a, but then they went out and actually signed dudes off the two, street. Two guys, to help, yeah. To help but them still, with you, that. Could, you could almost you know sense the desperation and going and getting a Linval Joseph and an Indomitian Sue. It's nice to have. Nice that, uh, that that they do that. They were just they, sitting out there, Andy. They were just sitting out there. Something the Packers could have done weeks ago. Weeks but ago, when it but, when um, it mattered. When it mattered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I do think they have an opportunity to maybe uh, take advantage of some of those vulnerabilities. Uh, but this is another very physical team up front. And and, you know, Green Bay has struggled with that. I know they, like you said, they stopped Derrick Henry under 100 yards, less than, you know, around three yards per carry. But, man, if you have trouble with Tannehill and uh, Traylon Burks, A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, uh, probably going to be a bigger issue. Going to be fun to watch. Can't wait. Andy, it's been fun as always. Thanks for the time. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. Can't wait. Thanks, man.